The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We've got a great show today. Uh, this show is titled Buttholes and Bullies. <laughs> and uh, if you could think about it, I'm sure you know several buttholes and I'm sure you know several bullies. Uh, bullies are generally related to and correlated to children. However, bullies exi- exist all the way through society. And uh, we'll talk about bullies at the latter end of the show. But the other part of it is with bullying, there's also cyberbullying now, uh, which is a very sophisticated way to... Uh, Put people down and make people look bad. And now that we have social media out there, there is a lot of people who abuse that, and uh, their nasty nature tends to come across, uh, of course, uh, humiliating people uh, on their Facebook and on their social pages. Also, um, you know, buttholes in my and in, in there's no official term for that except for the, what exists on our body. But the the truth is, is what I'm talking about is jerks, people that we have to work with, people that are in our family, people that we have to interact with on a daily basis, or if not, uh, in a way that we're kind of trapped, and we're stuck with these horrible, nasty people who are angry, uh, they have messed up views of the world, they they, uh, carry everything on, on their shoulders as if they carry the world's burden. They live in victim themes, and they tend to isolate, and they tend to use communication sparingly. And when they do, they pop out and turn out, and, and you know, and make you look bad and make you feel humiliated. Not not that we can actually have our feelings determined by other people. We choose to feel the way we feel, and we are responsible for how we feel and how we respond to them. And what I'm hoping to do with this show is teach us and work with the idea that we can actually live peace peacefully around these horrible people. And, uh, and in my terms, in viewing it, they're very sad people. But, you know, when you have to deal with them and when they have a sense of power in your life, they're horrible people. And that's just the truth. And uh, so anyway, we're going to go into the type of buttholes that there are in this world. And there's several type. And, uh, you know, the first one that I'm going to outline, especially for those of us who work, is the hostile coworker or boss. You know, in dealing with hostile people, it requires both tact and strength, which are uh, features and values that many people don't have. Uh, Many people just want to blurt out whatever comes into their mind, and what they end up doing is facing lots of consequences later. And I'm not suggesting that we're all trying to run for governor here and be diplomats, but there are ways to communicate and ways to not communicate. So, Uh, Since persons who feel that they've been wronged are more likely to be belligerent and violent, you should try to be sure they have been dealt with fairly. You know, if you think about customer service, your best customer is actually the person who is screaming at you. And the reason is, is because they're telling you by their behavior exactly how important you are to their life. Whatever you have to offer them is extremely important, and they are being belligerent because they feel that that's the only way they can communicate with you. And if you can feel sad for them and understand that they're really just asking for you to help them in a very poor way, uh, what you might find is they're your most dedicated customers. Now, the, the, the worst customer you could possibly have is the one that walks away and never communicates. So in addition, you know, if you're dealing with a hostile coworker or boss, it'd be wise to help them meet as many of their needs as possible without reinforcing their aggressiveness or dis, uh, discriminating in their favor. 
you know, you, you want to avoid interactions with them that encourage intense emotions or threats of violence. And, and you don't want to interact with your angry uh, enemies when they're drinking or carrying weapons or say or do nothing that would incite more anger or even, on the other hand, cause you to appear scared, weak, or a pushover. You know, strong retaliation against an aggressive person is the worst thing you can do. Nastiness begets nastiness. It just, the hostility will escalate through the roof. And the threats of punishment can also work. Uh, remember, punishment is only effective when the punisher, the punisher is observing. Y you have to watch out for subtle uh, rebellion at work, especially in a work environment. They, they're going to find other ways to get back at you. So what you want to do in dealing with a hostile coworker or a boss is find out exactly what they need from you. What do they need from you? And try to deliver what their need is. And ignore their attitude. Because if you dive into their attitude, what you're going to do is get caught up in a world of I'm disrespected. And the problem is they, if they deal with you this way, they probably deal with their family this way. They probably deal with their friends this way. They probably deal with a lot of people in this way and burned a lot of bridges. And there's probably not a whole lot you can do to solve it. Um, what you can do is choose not to respond to it. And you can also address people on how to talk to you. You know, I know you want a lot out of me. I know you're asking me for a whole lot of things. And this is how to communicate with me if you want to be effective, teaching people how to talk to you. You have a right to teach people and tell people how to be talked to. And if they continue to choose a different path, Warn them again that if you want the best out of me, then you've got to talk to me in a different way. They will not respect you if you don't carry forward and, and go forward into what you expect out of somebody communicating. Even ugly people, people who are bull, you know, buttholes, they're, they're going to understand and respect that if they're going to interact with you, they need to communicate with you clearly in the way that you need to be communicated to. Also, you need to stand up for yourself in a very simple way. Do not respond to their emotions. Just be flat and straight. This is what I'm doing. This is what I did. This is what I need. And this is what I don't need. It, the more you use your words and flat and straight, the more you use your words and don't use tone and don't use anger and don't use emotion, just words, flat and straight, they're forced to listen to your words and not engage you emotionally. If they're coming in with a high tone or a lot of negativity, you don't have to respond the same way. You don't want to escalate. You know, if you divert uh, an angry person's attention to some meaningful task or a calm discussion, the anger sh should subside. The, the deal is... Um, if I've got somebody singing an opera at me and they're, they're upset and they're, they're like, blah, 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 blah. They're just, you know, very high tone, very negative. I'm going to stay down. I'm going to stay down until they join me. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I understand. I'm going to validate them. I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this. Okay, I get it. So that's important. And as they see that you're listening they decelerate because they don't have to use that technique, which is a defense mechanism. It's a coping skill. It's, it's, a, it's a technique to basically get your attention. And if you're giving them your attention, they no longer have to do that kind of stuff. So the quicker that you're able to validate in communication with somebody who is a butthole, then basically the better off you're going to be because they don't have to be a butthole to get your attention. They just think they have to be that way. Also, um, the calmer you are, the more they look like idiots. And so those of, you, those of you who work in a shared work environment where the other people are listening or see the butthole doing their thing, the calmer you're responding, the more that you're going to hear other people. Other people are going to hear you and not hear them. They're going to say, wow, that person's got to go on EAP. They need to go see a therapist. <laughs> Okay, um, you know, you, you want to provide yourself ways to calm an asshole. You, you really want to reduce noise level. Any kind of interacting 
on high noises or high tone, not going to be helpful. If you have a very loud work environment, not helpful. You also need to keep calm yourself. You need to believe in yourself. Self-esteem has everything to do with what causes assholes and buttholes and bullies to do what they do. And that is because you're responding in a way that makes them feel powerful. So if you're not self-confident, what you're going to do is you're going to grab on to their feeling that they can make you look bad. And th these people, all of these people, buttholes and bullies, have a desire for power. And it's a very childish desire because in childhood, we have very little power and we're subjected to a lot of assholes. And that can include our parents and our siblings and our relatives and everybody else in the world. And the deal is, is that if we learn in childhood that we are going to be surrounded by these people and we have no power, when we get power, we oftentimes mimic the people we've grown up around. Though we may be the nicest person in the world, we may turn around and actually act like the asshole we had to grow up with because that is how they got power and they were successful and now we do the same thing. So, you know, you also want to listen to their complaints without counteracting. And once again, that's validating. I understand. I hear what you're saying. Okay, so what you're telling me is this. You also, when you express your feelings, you don't want to express your feelings in a very strong way. What you want to do is speak to your feelings. You know, I get really upset when you talk to me like this. You know, I'm very disappointed that you feel like you have to raise your voice to me. You know, I'm very sad that you feel like you have to bring this person, this person, this person in when I'm just trying to talk to you about this. You know, I statements, I statements and about what I feel, just stating what you feel can clear the road for a lot of these people. If they don't see you as a trigger, you know, and that's a way, even if you're the most insecure person in the world, if you can stay flat and straight, state your feelings, make I statements about your feelings, they're going to understand how they're coming across to you and they're going to perceive you as confident even if you're not. It's a wonderful technique and it limits their amount of control and going out of control that they need because they have your attention. Okay, the other buttholes that exist in this world are the chronic complainers, the whiners. I would say these people will suck the soul straight out of your body. If you have to be around a whiner, you have to understand how they operate. Whiners are horrible because what they want is sympathy. And there's a huge difference between sympathy and empathy. Empathy is when you stand at the top of a mountain while the other person jumps off and you say, wow, that sucks for you. I'll throw you a rope when you need it. Sympathy is when someone jumps off the cliff and you jump off with them and you both lay down and complain to each other about what just happened. I mean, it doesn't solve anything. And so what these complainers think is important is they get sympathetic listeners. And the more sympathetic you are, where, oh, you poor, oh, that's just sad. Oh, that's terrible. Instead of, wow, that sounds like it's a terrible problem for you. I'm sorry you're going through that. If you want my opinion, let me know. Or if you need some help, let me know. But don't join their problem. You don't want to sit there, oh, my God, oh, that's horrible. Oh, yeah. that is going to fuel them. They're going to love that. That's, that's like giving them candy. And, and so whiners are livid about having victim themes. They love victim themes. They live in that world. They want to be a victim even though they're not in prison. They want everybody to see how sad they are. And they learn that from childhood. And once again, that is a very childish trait. It's a childish coping mechanism. They feel like they're powerless. They're always finding fault. They're always blaming, but they never have a solution. Never a solution. They don't want to take responsibility for anything. They just want to blame, blame, blame. Oh, look what this one did. Oh, my God, can you believe this happened? Blah, blah, blah. It's the same old crap, and they do the same thing over and over, and every day that's all they ever do. Now, the other thing is, if, if you're seeing a, a, a complainer and, and you're hearing what they're saying, ask them for a solution. Well, what would you do? If you were in that position, what would you do? Are you aware of all the factors involved in making that decision? What is making you want to spend so much time making a complaint about this rather than trying to solve it? Do you even know what their intentions are? 
You know, the deal is, whiners believe that the whole world has bad intentions and it's all about making their life more miserable. And those victim themes suck. And if you jump in on them and you try to embellish them, you're going to become one of them. Okay? And whiners love whiners. If, they, if you see a whiner and they have a best friend, they're a whiner too. And, and until they finally take responsibility for life and get sick of it. But these whiners, oh my God. I, I, would, I would project they probably uh, create an enormous amount of people that want to commit suicide just being around them. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not joking because they're so freaking depressed. I mean, they need a Prozac. <laughs> and so, okay. So you want to be serious and supportive. You want to acknowledge their facts. You want to get the, their complaints in writing if, if it's a work. And you also want to uh, include them especially if you're working with them, in the solution. You want them to be a part of the solution. You want to know what should happen. You know, if they're unhappy with someone else and not you, you, want, you, want, you may want to ask them, have you told them yet? Can I tell them? Can I set up a meeting with them so you can talk to them? And, and also, you want to plan a specific time to make decisions cooperative that will help the situation and do it. Don't let them get away with just complaining and never facing the person they're complaining about or the thing they're complaining about. Okay, the other person that is a butthole is the super agreeable. And this person doesn't like conflict. They're super nice. They smilingly agree with your ideas until some action is required. Then they back down or disappear. You know, they seek approval. They've learned probably as a child that one method of getting love is by telling people or pretending that you really care for and admire them. Uh, similarly, these super agreeable people will often promise more than they deliver. You know, I'll get the report done today. I'd love to help you clean up. But their expert in phoniness is horrible. So don't try to butter them up. Instead, reassure them that you will still like them even if they tell you the truth. Ask them to be candid and make it easy for them to be frank. What part of my plan is okay but not as good as it could be? You know, help them avoid making promises they can't keep. Are you sure you have the money, you'll have the money by then? How about two weeks later? Tell them how you value them and let them know you're ready to compromise because you know they will be more fair. So with the super agreeable person, what you have to do is create a conflict environment that is not emotional, that is something where they can be open and feel like they have a good communication. And it's got the, and the, the thing about the super agreeable is they need to feel safe. They need to feel safe. If they don't feel safe, they won't open up. Okay. Now, the other one is the know-it-all expert, and these we call narcissists. No, they, they are people that just think they have all the answers. They're self-assured. They think they're experts. They're partially informed person pretending to be an expert, but they're, they're a pain in the butt. You know, the true expert may act superior and make others feel stupid. Uh, they may be bullheaded, impatient, and uh, they're often self-reliant. They don't need or want anybody's help and don't want change. And so what you want to do is you don't want to attack their ideas, but raise questions that suggest alternatives and ask them to tell you more about what they think and, and what they think the results are going to be down the road. You know, it's probably, you know, you want to look at other options and other viable choices and you want to get their opinion on other options and other viable choices. You don't want to challenge them, but you want to open up their world to other thoughts. Also, there's the pretentious but not real expert, and they're re relatively easy to deal with because they're uh, often unaware how little they know, and, and they can be gen gently confronted with facts. And you don't want to do it alone, and you want to help them safely uh, face, but they simply want to be admired. Okay, there's the pessimist, and uh, that's your Eeyore's. Uh, Eeyore is uh, uh, the donkey and uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh, by the way. And, and they want to, uh, y you want to encourage a pessimist because they, they're always looking at the glasses is half empty. You know, it won't work. We already tried that. These are angry, bitter people that have the power to drag us down because they stir up the old pool of doubt and disappointment within us. And you may have done this before, but it may not have been 
the same as what we're suggesting now. You want to offer them change. You want to offer them the, the chance to be a part of change. And if they can't be a part of change, then you certainly don't want to keep them around. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to also talk about another type of butthole. And then we're going to discuss uh, how to work with these kind of people, some techniques, and we're, then we're going to move on into bullying. Thanks for listening. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Hey, welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Um, we're talking about buttholes. And the last one that we're going to talk about is the staller. And, uh, you know, every, every group of people have a staller, a person who puts off decisions for fear someone will be unhappy you know, unlike a super agreeable person, the staller is truly interested in being helpful. So you want to make it easier for them to discuss and make decisions. Try to find out what their fears are. You know, they, they usually won't reveal their negative options, but you don't want to make demands for quick action. Instead, help them examine the facts and make compromises or develop alternative plans and decide which ones are the priority. And you also want to give the staller assurance about their decision and support the effect of carrying out of that decision. You know, that is key with this kind of an individual. The staller lives in fear. And, and here's what happens when we live in fear. When we live in fear, everything slows down. We, we, take a, we take a very long time to make decisions, and we're very careful in all the decisions we make, and life is miserable. We cope. Life is a faith-based venture. So when faith enters, fear leaves. We have to take chances. We have to make choices to live on this planet, and that means there could be consequences to those choices, but the deal is we have to make them. It doesn't mean we don't go through a long and arduous evaluation, especially when it impacts lots of people, but the deal is we have to be willing to take faithful decision-making and operate in that function every day of our life, and we will make bad choices. Okay, here's some other tips on working with buttholes. You know, people aren't their behavior. It's 
it's not the person, it's their behavior. And if you can disassociate the person from their behavior and just go, wow, I know this person has some good qualities, but their behavior is horrible. You know, a lot of people are very harsh on the surface and very soft inside. I've seen some extremely difficult people melt that actually are very hard to get through, and that is because that soft, kind person inside them finally got reached. You know, they may not realize how they're coming across, and they can change. You know, people are a spectrum of possibilities, and we all have natures that are appealed to and natures that can be not very good but appealed to. And what we don't want to do is recognize the worst in everybody and address them as such. This is the fault that happens in marriage. A lot of people are married to buttholes who don't communicate well and keep to themselves. But if you're going to keep calling a person a butthole or anything else, they're going to be that to you. So what you want to do is appeal to their better nature. You know, also you have to disassociate people from their patterns of behavior. You know, patterns of behavior are coping skills or defense me- mechanisms that help people anticipate, interact, or react more effectively. Uh, a good uh, uh, example of a, a behavioral pattern would be the way someone drives or the way someone makes a decision or the way someone communicates. What you want to understand is there is a method behind the madness, and there is usually a good intention behind the way they're communicating, even though it's done poorly. Um, You also want to look at their focus. What is their intention? What are they trying to do? If you question people's intention, what is your intention? What do you want? What is the outcome you're looking for? What you will get is people who are much more calmed down and more focused on their result and less energetic about trying to teach you. Also, passive versus aggressive tendencies need to be understood. There's a huge difference between aggressive behavior and aggressive is high tone, lots of hands, lots of bad behavior, and assertive is straight talk. And that's what I was talking about earlier, straight and flat. You know, you're really upsetting me. You know, I really like you, but I'm having a real hard time listening to you. So, so the assertive person is much more uh, straightforward. And I, as I was demonstrating you know, basically, they have very calm tendencies. They just state emotions, and that's it. Balance is key. You know, peace is so much better than happiness. Um, you know, the deal is peace doesn't require a whole lot. And if we're balanced and if we're stable in our communication, people will migrate to us. Even negative people will calmly address us if we are not high emotional people. And that is very important. The world will come to you if you're calmer. So you know how, you, you know, you need to, to not try to change a person. You need to change your response. And that is key when you're dealing with negative people. And you also don't want people to be toxic. You know, these people can be mean or hurtful. So if you have to deal with them, you can understand where they're coming from by listening. I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me. But you also do not have to agree with them. And that's huge. Toxic relationships are harmful. You know, and there are a lot of people who just don't know and will not talk to each other. And so what you have to do is imagine yourself being surrounded by good friends and seeing them as a less than a good friend, but somebody you're tolerating because you have a very good friend. You don't have to acknowledge them as a center of power in your life. And that's huge when you're dealing with buttholes. Okay, so let's talk about bullying because bullying is huge. There's an enormous amount of bullying that goes on out there, but the first thing we want to do is define it. You know, it's unwanted, aggressive behavior among people that involves a real or perceived power imbalance. And and that behavior is repeated or has the potential to be repeated over time. You know, both persons who are bullied and who bully may have serious, long-lasting problems after that. So, uh, you know, in order for an act to be considered bullying, the behavior must be aggressive. And it needs to include an imbalance of power. Kids who usually use their power, such as physical strength, to assess embarrassing information or popularity and control over others 
Also, empower, uh, power imbalances can change over time and being different in different situations. But uh, repetition is also a bullying behavior, and it has to happen more than once or have the potential to happen more than once. And that includes uh, making threats, spreading rumors, attacking someone physically or verbally, excluding someone from a group on purpose. Verbal bullying is the most popular, and it can simply be defined as saying or writing mean and nasty, insulting things. Uh, words can hurt, and uh, don't convince yourself otherwise. You know, verbal uh, bullying, and once again, we're defining bullying, includes teasing, name-calling, inappropriate comments, taunting, threatening verbal uh, things to cause someone harm. Also, there's social bullying, which sometimes is referred to as relational bullying. It involves hurting someone's reputation or relationships. And, and social bullying includes, like, leaving someone out on purpose, uh, telling or ordering one person not to be friends with someone, spreading rumors, embarrassing and taunting someone in public. Then there's the physical bullying, and it is the type of bullying that attempts or succeeds at hurting a person physically or damaging their personal possessions. And, and physical bullying includes things like hitting, kicking, punching, spitting, tripping, pushing, taking or breaking someone's belongings, making mean or rude hand gestures, you know, while bullying has no one particular group of targets, statistics, or research, statistics and research highlight certain groups that are more prone to being bullied than others. And those groups include people with weight problems, people with diabetes, disabilities, people who belong to racial or religious minorities, and people who are gay or perceived as gay. And that is bullying. And, and I will tell you that there's many reasons that people do this. You know, understanding uh, is extremely important. According to a 2009 survey um, by the Teen Online and Wireless Safety, the most common reasons for bullying, 11% show off for their friends, 14 want to be mean, 21 are out to embarrass the victim, 28 use it for entertainment, 58% are trying to get back at the victim for various reasons, and they feel the victim deserves it. And 16% have other reasons. You know, once a bully gets into your head, it's extremely difficult to get them out. You know, bullying victims become constantly on edge. Even if the bully isn't present, they might suffer from paranoia, depression, panic attacks. I cannot tell you how many people I have seen basically become dis a disability because they, they're huddled up worried about how a bully is interacting with them, especially children. Children, when they feel unsafe, they will act unsafe and they will do crazy things. Bullying happens not only to children, though, but at people of all ages in different social backgrounds. One of the most disturbing bullying statistics, at least... Uh, in in uh, 2013 was taken in Australia. Uh, it has the highest workplace bullying rates in all over the world. The report stated that Australian employers lost $8 billion a year due to absenteeism and sickness, of which 6903 6, were caused by workplace bullying. That's $6 million, six, nine, 600 $93 million were caused by workplace bullying, $8 billion in absences. You know, according to the Center for Disease Control, this is in 2014, 6% of high, students, high school students reported being bullied during the school year. 14.8% report being bullied online. And bullying causes physical and psychological symptoms that can last for a lifetime. And, and these uh, complications include headaches, digestive problems, depression, anxiety, sleep disturbance, poor performance. You know, school bullying prevention programs are known to decrease bullying up to 25% when school systems are aggressive. And I hope, and they are in California, but they're not that successful, but it's getting better. But schools have to take this topic seriously because... Um, 
about 19.6% of high school students in the U.S. report being bullied in the past year. That's 2014 statistics. Half of all high school students admitted being bullied someone, have admitted bullying someone in the past year. You know, when an adult intervenes in a bullying incident, it stops within 10 seconds, more than about 57% of the time. If we did that more often, if we interacted more often, our children would be much safer. And that's why it's important to volunteer in schools. It's important to go out on the, on the playground because that is where stuff happens. And schools love to have volunteers assist them. And that is where bad things happen to kids, kids on kids. All right. We're going to take another break. Then we're going to come back. We're going into bullying and how to deal with it and how to prevent it. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The boardroom to the bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the wonderful topic of bullying, and we're going to take it, take it down to the tracks here and try to make this thing productive for you guys so you will have tools to deal with bullying. But I also want to let you know that middle school is one of the places where bullying is the highest you know, in middle school and early high school, a lot of bullying takes place. And that is because these kids are basically trying to establish their identity. And when they do that, they're trying to individuate. And many of them don't know what it's like to have power. In the middle schools, what's, what's critical is, especially at that 7th, 8th grade period, kids are basically looking at each other and borrowing each other's personalities Basically, borrowing clothes, borrowing, you know, borrowing, not borrowing clothes from each other, but actually, you know, borrowing styles, borrowing things that they see powerful in other people, and they project that on people that they know are going to respond to them. If they know that there is a kid that is vulnerable, that is insecure, that is scared, they love to make them look bad. And uh, especially quiet kids or kids that are timid are picked on. Uh, because, it, or if they're fat or if they're whatever, if they just look different and they respond, they love to tease these kids and make them look bad. So, you know, the deal is we have to watch out for our kids during those, those times. That's critical. 
it's it's so important to 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 be in tune with your kids and have good communication because I can tell you that their behavior will change at home if they do not feel safe at school. Okay, so we've talked about uh, various bullying here, but here's the theory that I want to give you, and and it, it it's so important to understand this. If you were a squeaky toy for a dog, which one would the dog chew on? The squeaky toy or the one that doesn't squeak? If you, if you were to have a choice between a squeaky toy and one that doesn't squeak, if you were a dog, what would you want? The truth is they want the squeaky toy. They will chew on a squeaky toy until the squeaky comes out of the toy. They literally will rip it to shreds to get to that squeaky. And that is because... That's that toy is vulnerable to them. It's squealing, please don't help me, please help, help. And that response is what they're seeking because they think looking at their owner, this makes them look powerful. If they have a toy that doesn't squeak, then basically what they're going to do is they're going to leave it in the corner. It's never going to be used again unless it's like a rawhide or something they, they can chew on that makes their teeth feel good. But the deal is is these dogs do not like toys that don't squeak, and they are bullies. They are dogs. It's a predatorial type of, of response that they get from a squeaky toy, and they love that. And so what I'm trying to correlate this with is this is how a bully thinks. They think like a dog chewing on a squeaky toy. They always look for the squeaky toy. So if you are a squeaky toy, if you are a person that responds, then you're inviting them to deal with you and to hurt you and to abuse you in whatever way that they have learned is a way to get power. These are very insecure, very sad little people with a very low self-esteem and a poor life. And they're trying to raise it by making you look bad, especially if you're a kid that seems to be successful in other people's eyes and then suddenly uh, they like to tear you down. So once again, the more we respond to bullies, the more they love us. And so if you want to spend your whole life being a magnet for bullies and buttholes, then be responsive to them with the way they respond to you. React insecurely. React scared. React angry. Get upset. Make yourself look like a fool. And then, yes, they will jump all over you. They love that. And so you need to unplug and just say, hey, it's sad that you have to behave like this to get attention. I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry you have to act like this. Or walk away. Just walk away. All right. So, you know, we're looking at all different types of bullying. And uh, one of the types that is out there that is really scary is cyber and sexual bullying. And uh, one of the cyber bullying is definitely, it, it, it's defined as any bullying that happens online or via phone, i.e. social networking sites, text, email, usually includes insults, threats, harassment, and abusive language. And the effects of this types of cyberbullying out there is numerous, and they're all equally abusive and can leave severe consequences. You know, uh, from rumor spreading to trolling to online abuse to cyber stalking, this continues to build into one of the most common forms of abuse of a victim that they can't escape, and it taunts them. The best thing you could possibly do, and it's 24 hours, by the way, uh, the best thing a person can do is hit the damn delete button. But, you know, online harassment, you know, imagine receiving hateful, threatening messages on a daily basis from a person you may know online or know in life or not know at all. You know, uh, outing. This is when a victim finds out his or her personal information, location, school location, phone number, photos, other personal items published are published online for everyone to see. There's also victim blaming. This is these are types of cyber abuse. You know, uh, like uh, victims are repeatedly taunted, shamed, called, and all sorts of heinous names. Also, there's trolling and masquerading. A person creates a fake social media profile to protect his or her anonymity, uh, anonymous nature. There's also, uh, pardon me with my phone there, there's also uh, important things that you need to do, like keep copies and take screenshots of bullying texts, emails, or communications. 
you, you don't want to communicate with them. You don't want to respond to them. You want to hit the delete button or keep it and print it. You also want to tell an adult or someone who knows something about the social media, about what's going on, and ask them what you can do. You can also talk to law enforcement and find out what you can do online. You can also search online to find solutions to what you can do to respond to these, to these people or deal with these people in a positive way because this is a form of harassment and it can find itself in court. There's also sexual bullying. That's, that's abusive uh, name-calling spreading rumors of a sexual nature, inappropriate, uninvited touching, inappropriate sexual innuendos or uh, propositions, graffiti in a sexual content, displaying circulation of inappropriate materials. And and I've talked about this on another show, but some teenagers are so stupid, they will send their body parts to each other via text or or in social media and not realize that stuff's going to stay on for the rest of their life. And they're going to have to deal with that for the rest of their life. It is so silly. Um, you know, uh, the deal is with, with bullying of any kind, uh, you got to um, take an assessment of what's going on. You, you've got to back up and go, wow, okay, I need somebody to give me an opinion of what to do. I need somebody to help me here. I need somebody who's been through this before. And, and contact, and you want to tell a friend or, t- or tell your parents or tell, tell an adult that you trust what's going on and let them assist you. And they're going to be angry and they're going to be responsive and they're going to want to do a whole lot of things. Basically, what you want to do is you, you want to be able to tell them to stop and tell them I, I'm going to get an adult involved or I'm going to get somebody in authority involved because this obviously is something that you're, you're out of control. You want to be able to keep calm, keep cool, Control your emotions. Do not show fear. Do not show anger. Do not egg on the aggressor. You don't want to fight. What you want to do is simply calm down and tell them what you're going to do rationally. You don't want to keep bullying a secret. Um, over time, you want to find a safe place. Safe place. So you want to avoid danger zones where bullying is likely to take place. And in social media, if you've had bad experiences, you don't want to continue going back to that experience, or you want to instigate filters that are going to block these kind of people and control who sees you and who doesn't. You also want to reflect on how you react to bullying in the future. You want to practice responding to bullies because they are extremely wanting to get your attention. They are extremely wanting to get somebody to respond to them. And if you keep taunting them or going back to them and keep trying to uh, react to them, you're just feeding them. So you want to rehearse your responses with a trusted friend or an adult and think about what strategies have worked or fallen short. You don't want to give up on your first response if it's not successful. You also want to keep a diary or a journal or written or electronic uh, uh, a video or something where you can keep your private thoughts and feelings and you can express yourself there, especially when you're going through a tough time. That helps you give a place where you are venting and where your emotions can be displayed and where you can feel better about yourself. It's so critical to do that. But the most important thing is you want to reach out if you're being bullied and you want to find new friends and hobbies, interests that occupy your time in positive ways. The more positive your life is and the more you feel good about your life, the less influence that bullying is going to have and the more sympathy and empathy you're going to have for those people. You want to feel good about yourself and that's how you become uh, isolated from these kind of people. You want to avoid, uh, avoid spending a lot of alone time because that's going to cause you to think about what's going on and you're going to actually be more reactive to it. So you don't want to spend a whole lot of time getting all upset and, and, and thinking negative thoughts to yourself because it's just going to make your life worse. Okay, now this other topic is cyber stalking. And, you know, Here's some cyber stalking statistics. 24% of stalkers were ex-lovers, while 19% were online acquaintances. 
In uh, 2013, cyber-stalking was uh, via email, about 30%. Facebook, about 30%. And on less familiar, uh, like Twitter and YouTube, uh, 3%, 1%. Only 25% of cyber-stalking cases uh, also received threats offline. The average duration of stalking can last up to two years. So that means only 25%. Only 25% of them did it offline. It was online. Online. Um, you know, it could take longer uh, if they're stalking you. It could last up to two years, um, especially if they were intimate partners in the past. Cyber stalking in America originates most often on the East Coast. In Texas, uh, California, Florida, Georgia, Massachusetts, and Illinois are the most popular. Two important facts that experts mention when discussing cyber stalking are cyber stalkies can be anybody a parent, a husband, a sibling, a friend. And several studies uh, show that uh, statistics have determined that different type of patterns also take place. In the U.S., 1 million women and 370,000 men are actually stalked every year. So victims of cyber-stalking tend to be females between 18 to 29. And in 2014 alone, 9.3 million Americans were victims of identity theft. And now we're just talking about America. This is an international audience. I am sure in many countries it is more prevalent. I just don't have the statistics to give you. But mostly, uh, uh, 45% of the cyber stalkers, shockingly, were females. 50% were males. And according to another study, um, the figure may be closer among college students that uh, 45% and 56% are male and female. Now, list are, are 45% female, 56% are males. So, you know, the dealing with the cyber stalking is you have got to understand what these people want and what they're trying to do. You have got to limit people's access to your life. In this day of social media, you have to be extremely careful. And also, if you have children, you need to be watching what's going on, even if they don't know. That's our show. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern. Our show next week is Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Love to hear from you and get your feedback. drgbmft at sbcglobal.net is my email or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, next time a bully asks for your lunch money, tell them you left it on their mother's dresser. You can also, you can always let an asshole... No, you saw something that reminded you of them this morning when you flushed the toilet. All right, that's our show, everybody. Come back next week, and we'll be talking about obsessive-compulsive disorder. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.